This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Tuesday, December 6, 2022. And before we get started, uh, we want to tell you that we have dropped our Saxo's Outrageous Predictions for 2023. You can find them on analysis.saxo. It should be front and center when you go to that page. It's our set of predictions for the new year that are outrageous. That's uh, We should double underline outrageous. These are some, some ideas we've cooked up for things that are probably not going to happen in the new year, but would be game-changing if they do. We do this because it's a fun exercise in trying to anticipate these these big events that really can move markets. And it really is big events that move markets that are not anticipated. So it is worth a yearly effort to try to figure out crazy things that can happen in the new year. Uh, and uh, this year's batch is based around the theme of the war economy, basically the pandemic and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, sending all nations around the world scrambling to understand how they are vulnerable to uh, various trade linkages, supply chains, limitations, uh, access to resource problems, etc. Putting really the entire world on a war footing, not so much necessarily always on a military, uh, from a military angle, but also on a, a sort of national security and economic security angle. So you can read all about those in the 2023 Outrageous Predictions. Again, that's on analysis.saxo. All right, let's get started here. Pretty interesting technical action, to say the least, yesterday. The proximate trigger is seeming to be the U.S. November ISM services survey release at 56.5. The market not looking for a reacceleration in the services sector uh, after that 54.4 print in October. We're looking for an, a further deceleration to something like 53.5, according to Bloomberg expectations. Instead, we got this hotter number. Of course, what's the reaction? We get yields uh, back higher. We get the dollar back stronger. And importantly, we get risk sentiment rolling over. Uh, before I, I hand it over to you, Peter, we did see the employment uh, subcomponent of that survey at 51.5 versus 49.1 in October. And the prices paid still really elevated in a very different place than what we're seeing in ISM manufacturing. This uh, ISM services at uh, 70.0, still very elevated and only very, very slightly lower than the 70.7 uh, in October. So uh, sentiment really rolling over and technically, to my mind, very interesting. It looks like a bearish reversal here. It's sort of fully... I would say take out the uh, uh, you know this this uh, sort of upside episode we saw. You'd need to see it closing uh, significantly below four thousand here. But uh, anything you're pulling out of the uh, the various sector behavior, etc. Yeah, I, I want to uh, provide a brief comment first on the uh, on the ISM services uh, index because regular uh, listeners of this podcast will know that. Back uh, when we had the last U.S. inflation print, uh, we, we there was this huge celebration over inflation, you know, coming down uh, and and you know below the estimated month-on-month uh, -month change. And we pointed out in a in, a, in an equity note, and we pointed it out on the podcast that if you looked at the if you looked at the U.S. Uh, services sector excluding energy input, which is fifty-seven five seven percent of the CPI basket, that one printed a. Uh, uh, a month-on-month -month gain of 0.6% and had been at that level for five or six months, indicating sticky inflation above 7% annualized in the U.S. services sector. So an ISM services PMI index coming out yesterday at these levels suggests to me that the market is, is not at all prepared for the uh, the next theme to be, oh, inflation is coming down on goods. Well, the big services sector is just powering on wage pressures, High high inflation rates and it will just uh, fuel this uh, this um, this inflation trade even more. 
anyway, that's probably for for next year. Uh, I just wanted to put it out there. Uh, in terms of the theme baskets, I just pointed out, John, uh, China, again, again, we've said it so many times, totally decoupled from the rest of the equity market. Every time the equity market is down, China is up. When China is down, the equity market is up. Um, it's totally living its own life. They're battling, of course, with trying to reopen their economy. They're in desperate need to do that. It's very expensive for the economy to to keep it in lockdowns all the time. But if you look at across the uh, the losing themes yesterday, bubble stocks, payment, and cybersecurity really taking a uh, uh, there, uh, three to five percent actually five percent for bubble stocks. So um, also indicating maybe that the uh, you know that interest rate sensitivity could come back into the market given the potential inflation from services. Yeah, and I should add, uh, maybe putting a little bit of extra uh, mustard on yesterday's moves in yields. The two-year was uh, more than 10 basis points at one point yesterday, but also a Wall Street Journal article uh, from Nick Timmerhouse, the so-called Fed whisperer, with the title, The Fed to Weigh Higher Interest Rates Next Year While Slowing Rises This Month. So in other words, the, the slowdown to the 50 basis points coming for December but where's that dot plot going to be for the 2023? Is it going to be another 25 basis points or more above what the market is predicting the Fed will do? Uh, that's within the Fed to sort of determine, obviously, if, uh, I mean, given that we are looking at the peak inflation or the peak policy rate to, to be in, in view around the May timeframe of next year. So a decent side dollar reversal. We're not fully there in terms of a posting a full bullish reversal. We have come a long way down in the dollar to do that. Arguably, we'd need above... Um, if you go to slide four here uh, in today's slide deck, you can see the dollar yen bounce really significant and from the 200 day moving average. But you can see the scale of the slide there. You really need to work well above uh, that 137.50 line I've noted, which was the prior low and, and perhaps up into 138.50, 139. And I would argue you need to see the 10 year in the U.S. heading above 3.7 to 3.75% to uh, uh, to uh, sort of as a coincident indicator for dollar yen, euro dollar something more like uh, more like a dollar uh, one point zero four. We need to fall below there to sort of cement this local reversal and indicate we're back into consolidation mode there. Now, elsewhere, we had the RBA out overnight. They did hike twenty five basis points. That was the lean. It wasn't fully priced, but that was the lean. But their forward guidance not particularly hawkish. No big surprises there. You saw uh, the Aussie yes recovering a bit in the, across like Aussie Kiwi, which has run so you know fast and hard lower uh, because they went ahead, did go ahead and hike and, and didn't pass on hiking this time. But the market only looking for another 50 basis points of tightening for the cycle from the RBA, which would put its peak rate around 150 basis points, a little bit less than that, actually, uh, than where the Fed will be at its peak. Pretty remarkable given uh, where we were at in previous cycles. All right, Ola, I was a bit surprised to see you know stronger services sector. Well, I guess it's a stronger dollar, or, or, or is there something else afoot here that's uh, behind this this big drop in crude oil yesterday? Well, I think apart from the as a highlight in the uh, in the headline, uh, we're entering into the silly season where um, where liquidity st start to dry out a bit, and we start to potentially on that uh, with that in mind uh, see some major moves, and uh, that was what we saw again yesterday. We we started the week on a firm footing. The uh, the price cap uh, announced uh, on Friday against on Russian oil. The embargo on Russian oil also starting yesterday, and OPEC uh, maintaining their production cut from uh, from November was all uh, bullish as we started the day. And then came this ISM uh, numbers uh, later in the day, and uh, basically risk uh, risk appetite took a took a hit across the board, and uh, that also took uh, Brent crude down five dollars more than five dollars from the peak. So. Uh, 
We're settling into this uh, 80 to 90 uh, dollar range, uh, continues to do so, as you can see as well on the, the forward curve. It is the front end that has been uh, taking, a, taking a beating. There's no doubt we do have a we have softness in demand here over the the, the winter months, uh, but where we are when we come into spring, that is uh, that is a complete different story. But at least for now, we are we're seeing some softness, and that's that's uh, that's also uh, supporting those that would like to sell this uh, like this market from a sell into rally perspective. But uh, I think this, if we can't we can't decipher anything out of the the price action we're seeing right now, we need a break either below 80 or above 90. Otherwise, until then, probably most traders would like to tra to play that range. And then in the gold market, really not a whole lot of differentiation here across uh, gold and uh, a lot of the other dollar pairs. Uh, yeah, I love this where it is. It's right in the middle of that move we saw recently, and then it just shied away from that really massive 1,800-plus area. Just, uh, just as with the dollar, really pivotal stuff here. Absolutely. We have been working our way through this band of resistance between 1788 and 1808. We came to 1808 yesterday and uh, and got a bloody nose. Basically, the market is not ready yet to uh, to to break higher. And uh, as we saw with the movements in the dollar and and uh, yields late in the day, the, the there's a very strong dependency on on movements there, there uh, continued because we're not seeing any pickup in in uh, in longer term uh, investors. I just put in the ETF holdings chart, and actually yesterday I'm just waiting to see confirmation whether there's an error or not. But if if that uh, figure stands with, then we actually saw a 13 ton drop in, um, in in gold holdings yesterday in the ETF market. And that obviously will help to explain quite a bit why we suddenly uh, tumbled more than 2% on the day where where the market uh, had just been uh, trying to to break higher. So um, we need ETF investors to to uh, to alleviate some of the intense focus on or from the or for the algos to stop focusing so intensely on, on dollar and, and yield movements. And as uh, Peter highlighted earlier, the inflation story is one that's uh, that we we care about. Well, I think we all do, but we worry about um and that but that's the story for next year so for now we are we're stocking this range potentially with with support once again in well look at 1765 and below that 1735. all right i think you previewed a lot of the earnings uh, reports coming out this or we did together uh peter yesterday with uh, toll brothers up today the higher end u.s housing maker is there any refresh here for um uh, for what we're looking for this week no it's uh it's just uh it's just a re uh rehash of uh what we already talked about yesterday because we have such an uh, amazing day-to-day uh, -day growth. So we, we probably have a lot of new listeners today. And um, <laughs> and uh, we talked about the uh, Toll Brothers yesterday. And as we, we, we looked it up afterwards and you were absolutely correct in your assessment, John. Toll Brothers is in the high end of the U.S. home builder uh, market structure, uh, selling expensive houses. Um, as you can see, I put in a small insert. I didn't do that yesterday. You can see here the quarter and quarter. Uh, financial figures. So uh, growth expected to slow down for the quarter that ended in October to a 6% revenue growth. And that's down from 20% uh, year and year growth uh, for a year ago uh, in that uh, quarter that ended in uh, October 2021. And then as you can see, the growth rate is, is coming down hard. So minus 3% by analysts. And I I'm probably leaning towards the analysts that are a little bit too optimistic. I think they are typically very slow at adjusting their their figures. So the uh, the negative revenue growth could be even bigger for this quarter that we're in right, right now that ends in uh, January. So um, I think the investors are preparing themselves for for slowdown in revenue growth. So the big question I think for toll brothers is that can they send a message to investors that maybe margins, uh, growth margins are improving because building materials prices are coming coming down from these very lofty levels, especially some some things like lumber, et cetera. So, um, so that's uh, that's the focus. And tomorrow we'll look ahead uh, towards those earnings from Broadcom.
Costco and Lululemon on Thursday, but that's for tomorrow. All right, the macro calendar, really not a lot to focus on here. We have a trade balance number out of the U.S. later today. I really think it is a really technical situation we're looking at until we get that Tuesday CPI print next week. That's the November U.S. CPI data. And then the FOMC meeting and the markets trading back and forth ahead of that. We do have a Bank of Canada rate decision tomorrow. We'll preview a bit more tomorrow as well. They're slightly priced for more. They're priced for slightly more than 25 basis points. So that'll be very interesting. Also, the sort of the, the horse race with their rate relative to the Fed. And the December uh, University of Michigan sentiment is the next uh, sort of sentiment survey up ahead of next week's really key uh, data. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, again, the situation here is one where we we extended some of the recent moves into key levels, into a breakout, for example, in uh, uh, above resistance in the U.S. equity market. Now that breakout is suddenly very much in doubt. Are we going to tumble back lower and then change the temperature on risk sentiment? And then how does the uh, FOMC meeting add, add into all of this? Very interesting stuff. And while we're waiting for that, you can go, of course, to analysis.saxo and entertain yourself with this year's set of Saxo Outrageous Predictions. Hope you enjoy, and we'll be back tomorrow with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>